Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. On today's episode, we're going to have some conversations about sharing your experience with your adult children. But before we jump into that content, I want to remind you of PeaceWorks University. That's right. Every time we meet, I'm calling you once again back to PeaceWorks University. I really believe if you're benefiting from the PeaceWorks podcast, then PeaceWorks University is your next best step. So uh, this would be a great place for you to connect with the community that we have, all the resources that we have, and the past resources we have in our uh, vault there at PeaceWorks University. You can learn more about PeaceWorks University at chrismoles.org. All right, friends, we are back and excited to jump into a topic that, quite honestly, I'm not really qualified to speak to. So we have brought in a friend for this episode. Many of you are already familiar with Tabitha Westbrook. She is a counselor and advocate and has functioned as an interventionist and a dear friend uh, to PeaceWorks, PeaceWorks University, and the PeaceWorks podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Tabitha Westbrook. Thank you, Chris. It is super great to be here. Awesome. It is great to have you here as well, buddy. So uh, if, if you would, just so our listeners maybe who are not familiar with you, if you could just give us a brief intro on what the Lord has uh, been doing in your life and how you're functioning nowadays in ministry, that would be helpful leading into our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, licensed clinical mental health counselor, um, and licensed professional counselor. I'm licensed in a whole bunch of states. Mm -hmm. We won't have to go into all of them. Um, But I have a practice that has an office in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and one in Flower Mound, Texas as well. And I also am a certified sex addiction therapist. So I focus on primarily the worst things people can imagine. So complex trauma with a specialty in domestic abuse and coercive control. So that is very much the world in which I inhabit. And I also help teach faith-based advocacy, help lead a better intervention group. Um, So all the things kind of around abuse and all of its facets is sort of my wheelhouse and my day-to-day. Very good. And we thank you for doing that uh, difficult work and uh, for your friendship over the years. You know, Tabby, one of the things we've been hearing a lot, and this is an area where myself um, working primarily with perpetrators and then not having an experience as a victim or survivor kind of leaves me a little bit, I don't want to say ill-qualified, but I want to be wise not to jump into waters that uh, I haven't experientially or even have a lot of case wisdom in. And that's where this question comes in that we've been getting quite a bit is how do I share my story wisely uh, with my adult children? And so the idea here, listener, is that we often hear from survivors who want to wisely, they want to carefully, they want to effectively share their story with their adult children. Uh, and that's what we want to talk about uh, a little bit today. Why might a survivor have these conversations? Like what what is it about our experiences of victimization that leads us to a point of wanting or feeling the need to have these conversations with our adult children? I think there are a number of reasons, but one of the biggest ones that I see is they can be really healing. It can be part of the healing process, not only for the survivor, but for the kids. Because 
you know, growing up in it, you don't know what you don't know, right? And, and you don't know what's happening necessarily behind closed doors. You don't know all of the dynamics of it. Right. You may not understand what, why the safer parent made the choices they did, yeah. you know, and, and that can be really confusing for a kid as they grow up. And so when they become an adult, they may be like, I don't understand why you made me go over to an abuser's house right? because they don't understand the ramifications of the legal system right. or things that you're required to do or things like that. And so it can be really healing for both the survivor and for the kiddo, the adult kiddo to understand some of the dynamics they may not have been privy to um, and to understand pieces of the story that may not have made sense to them. Yeah, I think, I think that's a huge like piece for me to think through healing for both parties when you're in a mature, safe place to have that conversation. And I, I think sometimes when I'm asked this question, I'm a little leery to, to offer directives, which I am normally with victims. I don't want to be directive. I want to be constructive and, and have a dialogue. But mm-hmm. I think for me, I'm a little concerned about the challenges, the obstacles, the difficulties associated with maybe having this conversation too early or not having it effectively. In your experience, what are some of those difficulties that a woman in particular might experience if she's stepping into this decision of, okay, it's time for me to have a conversation with my adult children? So I think the first thing that you really need to hold on to as a survivor, no matter how you feel about the perpetrator, is that it is your children's other parent. Right. And that, you know, no matter how wicked that person is or how harmful it is still their parent and that's a hard reality for survivors sometimes because in order to heal in your own ways you've had to step away from that connection right you've had to kind of push that piece out because you have to maintain safety and there's a lot that goes into that um which could be its own podcast Um, but you know it's still your child's or children's other parent and no I, I have yet to meet an adult child who can completely vilify even a, an abusive parent where they caught a lot of that abuse, sure. you know, um, because it's still their parent. And even if that person is wicked, mm-hmm. they want and hope and pray for change because it's their parent, you know, and, and just like, you know, for the survivor, I think sometimes that that wrestle has already happened Mm -hmm. like i tried everything and if i could have said it like we'd still be married right like if 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 my abuser had actually like heard the truth and changed i wouldn't be divorced i wouldn't be out of that relationship right? right but for a kid it's a very different relationship and and just think about how we're built right and like you know the the even the language of the bible is that familial language like god is father and so just the start of recognizing that like, Hey, I do not want to speak in a way with my child or children that is going to vilify the other parent. Oh yeah. Now, and, and that's a, you know, this is a place where like getting some help and all of that can be, mm-hmm. you know, in crafting a conversation, maybe even having you know, a therapist or other third yeah. party with you or what have you can be really helpful because this is a fine line, right? How do I speak truth without vilification? is a whole thing. Sure. And so really starting from that place of like, 
regardless of how I feel in my own experience, this is my kiddo's other parent. Yeah. I think it's important to recognize too. And listener, this is for you for just a moment. What we're discussing today is a post abuse, healthy conversation that's happening in a safe and um, hopefully therapeutic or at least healing environment where you're able to safely have this conversation. And of course, Tabby brought up a great point of having partners in that to help you craft and frame the conversation. Uh, there are complexities that we're not discussing today. Again, another podcast. If you are currently uh, a victim of emotional, psychological, mental, uh, physical, or sexual abuse uh, with a spouse and you have adult children, this probably is not the protocol for you. Your first goal, I would guess, would be not guess, I would be uh, pretty convinced is safety. And we would encourage Absolutely. you to seek safety. So, um, yes. healing, you know, healing, relational uh, healing, all of these are positive components of having conversations such as this. There are certainly obstacles to this time, effectiveness, readiness. Uh, warnings against vilifying one's partner rather than speaking the truth in love. Uh, how might we kind of frame this, Tabby, when a survivor's ready? Like, she's like, okay, where I'm coming to you, we're kind of in this framing healing conversation. Uh, how do I go about discussing this with my children? What do I share? How much do I share? And when do I share? So, this kind of ties into the previous question in some ways. First of all, should you share? Yeah. Like, let's start there. Not every adult child is going to need this conversation. And that is something. And my question to a survivor is, who are you having this conversation for and why? Right? It's not a bad thing to do things for ourselves as survivors, right? Like, this is something that I think is helpful, healing, whatever. But you're impacting another human being. Mm. And so we have to be wise in that. And is this something that my child needs in order for them to be whole and healed and healing and in process and all of that good stuff? Sometimes, honestly, the answer to that is no. Yeah. And we have to have wisdom there. We have to be aware and wise in that space. And if we're not, then we run the risk of causing harm that we don't intend. So really getting real and on your face before Jesus Mm -hmm. is the first, that is step one for, I think, literal life. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Prayer (laughs) is the first word. Right. If you're not like on your face before the Lord, just don't do anything. Like start there. (laughs) Yeah. And really ask the Lord to show you, like, is this something my child needs, you know, or children need? Again, Mm -hmm. I I, I might use the singular, but you might have 75 children and like all of them might need it or some of them might need it, right? Like if you have multiple kids, and this is one of my, my favorite things to tell people because we don't always realize it. You may have all grown up in the same environment, in the same home with the same parents. You did not have the same experience because- We're all individuals. We process things our own way. And based on birth order, you may have exposure to things. So like your oldest child may have experienced something in a very different way than your youngest. Mm -hmm. Um, And the middle kids, if there's middle kids, may have experienced it completely different too because of time, sin progression, all of that stuff. When you got out, if you got out, whether or not you know, the, the youngest was like uber little, doesn't remember daddy ever being in the home. And now he's Disney, Disneyland daddy. Right. Right. Like we, we don't 
we have to kind of come at it from that perspective. So what each child needs should be part of the equation Yeah, and, and really praying through that and also really listening to your kids. What questions have they asked you? Um, what areas do they feel stuck in? You know, if a kid has said, I don't want to talk about you and dad, even if you think they totally need to talk about you and dad, and maybe they do, but not with you, maybe it's with a therapist or a pastor who understands or something like honor that, like, we don't want, just like we don't want autonomy taken away from survivors, the children are also survivors yeah. and we don't want to take autonomy from them, Yeah. right? We can make suggestions, encouragements, we can enter in and ask, you know, and, and open the door, but we need to be really wise in whether yeah. or not the conversation should take place. And then like how we do it and when we do it also Holy Spirit led, right? So you may, the Lord may open the door wide open and then like sky, right? Here we are. We are in this moment. And you go, okay, great. I worked with a survivor once and the Lord sky wrote it. Like it was so obvious. (laughs) I was doing a family session and the, and it was a 18 year old, uh, young man asked the questions. I don't understand why you made me go to dad's Mm. when he was so abusive. And that gave this mama the chance to go, let's talk about court orders. Courts. Yeah. Here's the way that I was protecting you in the best ways that I could. Um, but if I didn't want to lose you entirely, this is what I had to do. And that was the most healing conversation for that kid yeah. because he was like, oh, because he didn't know. Right. He didn't know that. And, and like when he was little, she couldn't tell him. Sure. You know, like the nuances of court orders do not like, you know, when a kid is like eight, it, they're not going to make a hill. No, they, don't, they, don't, they don't make a lot of sense to those of us who are adults sometimes. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> So, you know, being able to really like have that conversation, the door was so open. Yeah. I've worked with other families where it's much more nebulous. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, have you asked your kids? Like, hey, do you have questions? What do you need to know? You know, and, I, and, and mom doing her work of healing is so vital because if you can't talk about dad without getting super dysregulated and sure. maybe using some colorful language, like it's not the time to have a conversation. Right. Right. Like do your work first that you can say like, I can come at this in a way that is God honoring at the end of the day with your kiddos. And so like, that's another area to just check in with yourself Mm -hmm. and to be real about it. And just cause you're, if you're not there now, if you're like, Oh no, definitely not there now. That doesn't mean you won't be. Yeah. Very good. And so I I think some of the nuggets I'm picking up uh, that are, that are helping me is these conversations can be important, but they are not necessarily required. It depends upon the kids. It depends upon the relationship, um, depends upon your level of personal safety at that point. Uh, and then also, you know, these conversations should, should happen or maybe are best. And this is where I want some feedback Tabby, because I think maybe the conversations are best when it is parent to child and child to parent conversations, not victim to rescuer. In other words, our, our yes. adult children, we're not asking them to rescue us, to be our primary Correct. caregiver. We're still functioning in a parental role of we're seeking help from the outside, and now we're looking for opportunities to inform, educate, answer questions um, on you know for our adult children. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, that is a da- – it's dangerous ground if you – are looking for something from your children that is not appropriate for your children to give you. Right. Like that is a recipe for traumatizing your child, first of all. 
Um, and, and then they're going to be on my couch uh, having this conversation <laughs> yeah. with me about how mom traumatized them. So let's not do that. Um, Obviously, and, there's a time and know, a place for everything. And we've known adult children who have been primary helpers in yes. this work. But in a post-abuse conversation, uh, we're not looking for, for, for them to provide our healing. We're looking for us to right. provide them information. Right. And there's a difference between being a helper and being a surrogate spouse. And sure. that's what I'm getting at. Yep. You know, like it, we, when we're in, in all hands on deck, we have got to survive, you know, space. Yep. We are going to ask, especially our older kids for help with things. Sure. That's not bad. No. Right. That's not bad at all. That That's, you know, and again, it's dependent. Like we could, we could be here for six and a half hours talking about this, sure. to be honest, because there are so many nuances there. But like, I'm not saying that it's wrong to ask your kids to help out. Like, I want to be real clear with that. And even adult kids, like if you have, you know, perhaps maybe an adult son who's really great with cars or yeah. really good handyman or like can actually wield a screwdriver just reasonably decently. Of course, you can ask them for help with stuff sure. at the house. Like this is normal adulting. Yeah. But and I, and I think we do forget as survivors sometimes or maybe we never knew, honestly, yeah what a normal adult parent child relationship is. You may never have had it in your family. Um, you know, and yes, you can totally be friends with your kids in various ways. Like I think that's one of the most, I have an adult son and I think that's one of the most glorious things. Like now I'm still mom, right? I'm never not going to be mom, but like now I get to be friends too. And we get to do fun stuff and it's just different and cool. But like, you know, what we don't want to do is rely on them for our emotional well being, And I think that's really what both you and I are saying yep. here is like, you know, are we going to feel good to be more connected? Of course, that's called attachment. Yep. There's a lot of words to say around attachment and healthy attachment and secure attachment. Yep. But I don't need my child to make for me to be okay. Yep. I'm okay independently of him. Yeah. Very. And well so said. that's, I think what we're both saying. There. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in this work, I think there's a, expectations can be our worst enemy in some ways with any of us helpers, uh, perpetrators who are walking even in repentance, uh, victims and survivors. And I think having set expectations for our adult children's responses could be um, part of this. I think if we've done our work well and we've guarded against, say, vilifying our spouse, especially if the abusive partner is seeking help and they're doing their own work and they're actually in this adult child's life much safer than they were than when they were children, I mean, that's something to be celebrated. The victim survivor may not be the cheerleader, but that's certainly something to be celebrated. But there's other expectations like my children will completely understand. My children will, or my children will completely minimize. I think guarding against expectations is important because there could be the gambit of responses, friends, from complete understanding and solidarity to complete abandonment and collusion. So we want to really have honest conversations about some of these potential responses. So in your experience, uh, what are some common responses maybe that we should prep for if we're helping a survivor walk through this uh, next step conversation with their adult kids? Oh, that's tough. Yeah. So I think, you know, the word I'm struggling with in this moment is common yeah. because it's going to be as variable as the kiddo and as the survivor, sure. right? Like there's, it really can go any number of ways and it can go one way in the moment and another way moments later, sure. right? Like, so maybe a kiddo has some understanding. First of all, they're never going to understand it 
from your perspective fully right. because they are not you. Right. Right. They, they were with their little brain cells and brain function. Like, look, we do not wire in our free prefrontal cortex. It's like part front part, thinky, thinky part of our brain until we're like 26. So like their experience of the abuse is not yours. You had your whole prefrontal cortex yeah. when you were going through it and they did not. And so they're just never going to get it the way you got it. Yeah. Right. And that's okay. They may understand it. They may understand parts of it. They may understand none of it. And she'd be like, that is like, especially if you left when they were real little, mm. like they might be like, you know, dad's always been Disneyland. I don't understand, right. you know? And so, you know, and we know that coercive control can be very covert. Right. I think um, I've heard you say it, Chris, it's like not necessarily the what, but the heart. Mm. Right. So like if somebody is ADHD and leaves the cabinet door open, they're just ADHD and right. they left the cabinet door open. Right. If they are malicious and they leave all the cabinet doors open because it irritates the spouse, yeah. that's a little harder to detect. Mm-hmm. And kids may not get that. Yeah. You know, they may not understand well, when dad left the pantry door open every single time and, you know, and then the cat got in and like ate whatever and threw up everywhere that that was an assault on mom. They right. may never get yeah. that. And that's okay. You know, like they don't have to. Again, that's where your well-being being outside of this conversation is really important. But you can say like it was really hard, you know, and I know that's so confusing. It was really confusing for me when it was happening, sure. you know, and just holding it with an open hand and, you know, and not trying to get every detail out in a single conversation. Like now we're kind of talking about like how do we talk to kids, but we don't always do it all at once. Right. right. Like there can be conversation over time. And just like we encourage folks to play the long game in lots of ways, like this is part of that, right? Like it may be a little bit here, a little bit there. And kids may say, well, this is not something I see mom, but I love you. And that's okay. You know, that's an A-okay thing. And some kids are going to see it and be like, yep, well, that makes a lot more things make sense. Mm -hmm. And, but that's all they're going to do with it. They're not going to be like any different otherwise. (laughs) And that's all okay. I had a law enforcement friend when I was working uh, in corrections who used to say this quite a bit to, to either or both parties, if he had the opportunity, which was, you know, the, the abuse has, the abuse has really wreaked havoc on the relationship and it doesn't look like it's going to be repaired at this point, but you guys are going to continue as business partners as long as you're parenting these children, even into adulthood. And Absolutely. so he would, he would talk then about how do you not just present yourself, but become a safe parent for them as opposed to an enemy of each other. And it was such a great conversation because it was a barrier breaker, I think for perpetrators. And I also Mm -hmm. think it was an affirming thing for survivors who would go, yeah, I can do in a world where survivors can't be or struggle to be empowered, take control of things. It's like, well, that's something I can control. I'm not going to weaponize my child. I'm going to shepherd and parent my child. And if the abusive spouse comes to a place of of healing and repentance and they can go, all right, I can't reconcile the relationship at this point. I put that on nuclear. I certainly can be a safe parent. And you can then see, like, I think what, not just well-adjusted adult children, but adult children who are ready to have these conversations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and even if the abusive ex doesn't ever get it together right. and repent, right. which we see sure. fairly often. Unfortunately, I would, I would love to see it be different. I know you I know, would right? too. Um, you know, and we pray for that. I know we pray for that. Um, but you know, it still doesn't impact how you function as right. a survivor. 
Like I don't need that other person to play nice in the sandbox for me to play nice in the sandbox. That doesn't mean I don't play with boundaries. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that I don't play with good wisdom, you know, as gentle as a dove and as wise as a serpent every single time. But it does mean that I am in control of me and it's between me and Jesus. Cause at the end of the day, at the end of these days, that is the one I'm going to have to talk to. (laughs) And that's important. (laughs) And so like when we hold onto that, that sometimes opens doors. Yeah. Right. When we are regulated in the safer parent and all of that, and we have done our work, then our kids actually feel safer coming to us. And again, that doesn't mean that they're going to be like, my goodness, mother, thank you so much for telling me all of these things. And <laughs> now I fully understand and I'm fully enlightened and all of that stuff. Right. Like, that's just not life. Yeah. yeah. Life is a lot more lifey than that. <laughs> <laughs> and that, friends, I think is the theme of today's <laughs> podcast. Life is a lot more lifey <laughs> than that. Uh, Tabitha Westbrook has been our guest today, and she's been helping us walk through having these conversations with our adult children. Tabitha, thank you so much for just your partnership and your work and your willingness to to share with us today. Any final words of hope for any survivors that are listening that are wrestling with their decision to have these conversations? Um, yes, Jesus loves your children more than you do. Wow. And, you know, no matter how or if a conversation takes place, the Lord is after their hearts, right? And above all, pray that, Yeah. you know, like whether you have a conversation or not with your child, I hope you do. And I hope it goes well. And I hope it brings healing and hope. But at the end of the day, they are gods. And so even if you have a conversation and maybe they don't see it from your perspective, maybe they see the abuser's perspective more and and maybe believe that person more. That doesn't mean that all hope is lost. Like at the end of the day, give them to the Lord, love them well and see what God does and just open your hands because it really is his work to begin with. Praise the Lord. And we praise the Lord for all of you who are listening, who are part of the PeaceWorks podcast. If you have enjoyed uh, and benefited from the things that you're hearing, would you do us a favor? Would you rate, review, subscribe, uh, follow anything that the platform you're listening on asks you to do? It just helps us out and uh, helps us continue to, to make content like this. Again, we appreciate you guys so much. Until next time, God bless.